Hey everyone, welcome to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we wanted to make sure that you take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It's the easiest way for people to find us and it helps us hear your feedback. Beyond that, come and join our conversation on Twitter at ButWhyThoughPC and on Facebook, facebook.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if you like what you're doing and you want to support us a little more, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if a monthly subscription is too much for you, make sure you check out our t-shirts. We have t-shirts open on TeePublic and available for purchase on our website through the merch tab, ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, and today we are talking about the latest in the MCU, Black Panther. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? Matt. Hello. And our special guest is back, uh, Ritz, the Black Panther expert. What's going on? So we are happy to have you, Ritz. Happy to have, have your knowledge and love of the character here. So first things first, Black Panther, as of today blew past anybody's estimation for movie numbers. Uh, according to Box Office Mojo, it's made $235 million domestic, 169 foreign, and it still hasn't come out in China, by the way. And so it's worldwide gross for four days. It's $404 million. Hold on. What, 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 what was that first number? Huh? What was that first number? $235 million. Oh. Okay. Why? <laughs> I thought it was lower earlier. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, the movie came out on February 16th, technically the 15th, because you can watch a movie at 6 p.m. on a Thursday now. And it Which I is... believe we should have a podcast on how they're diminishing all of that stuff. I'd be down for that. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's now February 19th. Um, so four days... At about $100 million a day. Four days, and it's... Yeah, it's killing it. I don't know what you guys think. I know on our Black Panther episode, we kind of talked about it hitting that billion mark. Where do y'all fall now? I said this, like, on January 6th. This is going to hit a billion. Why would I change my mind now? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I know. (laughs) When we were talking billion, I thought we were talking about, like, if we'd break, break, like, a million domestically... Um, which yeah, it might it might break a million domestically. Like it's gonna break a million like total gross, a like billion? easy a billion. It's gonna break a billion like worldwide easy. I, I wasn't worried about that. I thought we were talking about if it was gonna do it domestically, like and be you know Star Wars level uh, big. It might. I don't know. We'll see. What are your thoughts, Ritz? Um, domestically, I don't know if, if it will. Um, you know when I, when it's all said and done. Uh, I know for sure worldwide, yeah, that's that's definitely in the bag. Like, um, I said before, it would be second to Avengers, but I think it might it could possibly surpass it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, those numbers are crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and with those numbers, it's the largest debut for any movie that's not in the summer or the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and just tanks. I think Deadpool held the number one spot for a February movie ever. And this just kind of, I think that was 169 million for Deadpool. Um, and this just walked right over that, that mm-hmm. hurdle. <laughs> like, I kind of don't know what else to say. Cause like these numbers are, are really phenomenal. I mean, I don't want to say surprising at all because I mean, Disney knew what it had. It marketed it extremely well and people were excited. And one of the reasons people were excited is cause like this, this marks a turn in pop culture, I believe, for, for a lot of people in that it's a predominantly black film with black creatives behind it. Um, and for me personally, I hope that this kind of, um, if you follow me on Twitter, I say this all the time, like, I hope that this success has proven that we can get, you know, a, a, you know we can get like the next superheroes now, you know, like, like you can, you can bet on this and it's going to work. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely a new, a new age. But I mean, I think too, like, it's great to see such a historical character from Marvel finally get his his solo movie as well. Right. What do you think, Ritz? Um, I think in general, so <clears throat> the, the the numbers show the anticipation was already hype. Uh, I mean, this is before this is just seeing trailers. This is before the you know anybody's seen the movie. People, were, it was already breaking uh, pre-sale records. You know what I mean? So when the movie came out, you know, there's, there's already there's already a bunch of people that said, "Yo, I'm gonna like the movie regardless because it's Black Panther and you know they're doing things that they haven't done before." So when the movie came out and it was nigh flawless, I mean, we're gonna talk about this more, almost <laughs> flawless. <laughs> then it was like, whoa! Not only was it like everybody, I have not heard one person who said that didn't exceed my expectations. Everybody has said that. So that means that they were anticipating it. They probably were going to see it a couple of times anyway. So the, those couple of tickets they got already, they probably went back and got more just, just based on the fact that it's so good. And because the reviews are almost all positive, save for the people that are actually like legitimately don't have like some of the, the only negative review I've heard. Uh, I've heard two negative reviews. One of them was incoherent and badly written with grammar mistakes all through it. And the other one was hitting on some really, they were, they, they were saying some really uh, anti-black things. Let's just put it that way. So uh, those are the only two reviews that I've seen bad about it. So when people are seeing like everybody saying, yo, this movie's great, this movie's great, this movie's great, that's getting more people to want to go see it. So this is just the weekend. So the hardcore people, and then a lot of black people, obviously, went and saw it over the weekend. You know, not just black people, everybody, you know. But then there's going to be the more casual people who are throughout the week. Well, man, these people said it was good. Uh, maybe I'll go see. You know, people who don't even care about comics or people who don't care about Black Panther or people who were thinking about it and now they're convinced. You know what I mean? So these these, these numbers are going to go crazy. Yeah, and I think, too, like, like just going off of that, it does have the highest comic book rating of – or comic book movie rating of anything on Rotten Tomatoes. It's sitting at a 97 right now. Yeah. yeah. I would be careful not to – I mean, what was Wonder Woman when Wonder Woman came out? Like, was Rotten Tomatoes really that – Shouldn't I don't think that should be our standard for That's whether true. the movie's yeah. good or not. <laughs> this is true, especially the first weekend. Yeah. I mean, after analyzing That's, the movies, though, Wonder Woman has far more flaws than this. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, far, far more. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like, I don't think we should like jump the gun and say like, "Yeah, it was great" because there's 98 percent because that's what people did with Wonder Woman. Yeah, and now here we are. I don't want that to happen, Accurate. Black Panther. Accurate. <laughs> yeah, man. Didn't Thor Ragnarok open up to 97 too? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was in the 90s. 
Was it 86? It was, I don't know what she opened up to. Thor was also very good, but it had more flaws, you know. It's, it's, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a matter of you know. You know when, when you look at a movie and, and if a movie is generally good, you kind of walk away with it like, wow, that was amazing. And then yeah. it takes a while to settle and kind of like really think about the, the things that may have gone wrong with it or could have been better. And it took me you know, several days for Black Panther for me to point out just a couple of really nitpicky things. To be honest, for me to be like, ah, oh, that could have been you know, but like. <sighs> Really nitpicky. <laughs> I also think, too, it also depends on like what you come to these movies for and what you expect to get out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I think Thor Ragnarok was flawless, but it's only because I got exactly what I wanted from it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where I sit. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, when we'll get into all that. Um, I, if you've been listening to our podcast and specifically our reviews, you know that I will talk on for an hour just about eight regular synopsis so i'm actually going to throw it to ritz yeah so quick over quick overview of the plot um <clears throat> the basics of of what it is is that wakanda is uh to the known in the mcu anyways uh known to the world as a third world country um but it's actually secretly uh the highest technical technologically advanced country in the world uh thanks to a deposit of an alien or cosmic metal called vibranium uh that these people used harnessed learned about and you know uh, used it to exp- to expand the technology to anything or beyond anything that the rest of the world has seen so um <clears throat> the basics of it is uh you know some people were basically selling vibranium to the wrong folks that's what you have to get claw in uh, ultron remember ultron had a one of his his final his fi- ultron prime was made of vibranium, you know. That's how. That's why they had such a hard time taking him down near the end of that movie. Um, and you find out, you know, Claw, who's also shows up for the first time in that movie, uh, had stolen some vibranium from from Wakanda. So the plot is kind of based around this vibranium and the concept of um, bad people stealing vibranium and using it for bad things. Um, I'm breaking it down, Barney style. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bad people using it for 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 bad things, and then um, good people not using it for good things. That's that's kind of the dichotomy that they're in the middle here. Because you know, Black Panther and his people, the Panther tribe, they rose to the top, and people revere them as the as the leading tribe of Wakanda because of their choices and, and how they chose to lead the lead the uh, the nation for several generations. So <clears throat> you've basically got. Uh, people who are thinking beyond this saying, yo, maybe we should like kind of go out and help these other countries or help the world, like use our technology to help, to help people out. And uh, they're being a little reserved, you know, uh, like, like traditionally reserved, like kind of like, well, you know, if we give people this stuff, what they're going to do with it, you know, people run it, they go crazy with weapons, you know, and we don't want, we, we don't want to want that to go wild. So in the middle of all this plot, you got, Killmonger that shows up is basically uh, who is actually Wakandan, uh, related to Black Panther's cousin, and uh, he wants to do everything that some people were thinking, but in a much worse way because he's horrible. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a horrible person, but he's incredibly complex. One of the best, if not the best, MCU villain. Um, so yeah, basically that, that that's the issue. You got him who's coming and trying to take over take over and um, do what he wants to with the vibranium and Black Panther trying to stop him. And at the same time, Black Panther is trying to go go back and forth between that uh, issue with, yo, do I use the vibranium to help other people or do I use it to, uh, or do I or do I keep reserved like, you know, my past fathers and whatnot. 
So that's that's the basics of the plot. There we go. We're done. I think that I think that was, that was an amazing <laughs> summation of that because I could not have done that. <laughs> that's why you're fired from that job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, overall, like moving out from the plot, um, I guess we can go into the characters themselves because um, this is a movie that is, in my opinion, really strongly character driven. Um, you pretty much know everybody that comes in front of the camera and you know them well. Like it's an ensemble movie for the most part in the fact that like I have people come on screen and I care about them when they're on screen. Right. Um, Which is really hard to do. Um, I think we've had, you've had a couple of movies come out last year that tried to go around that ensemble route and it just, it didn't really work um, because they didn't give us enough of the character. Um, And Just say it. Just say which one it was. They did that and then didn't do it well. You can say it. Justice League. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so, like, this was definitely a Panther movie, but it was also a movie, in in my opinion, around Wakanda and around the people in it, and the people who make it what it is, and the people who make T'Challa what he who he is, mm-hmm. um, which is is probably one of the the strongest reasons that there is this complete difference between t- uh, T'Challa and Killmonger. So like going into it, um, I think we can go ahead and cover, um, y'all want to cover the Dora Milaje first? Oh my God. <laughs> Specifically um, Okoye, um, played by Denai uh, Guerrera. And she is actually, um, so she's American, uh, but her family is from Zimbabwe. Um, so for her, she's spoken a lot about how being in a position to do this movie was really liberating for her and, and, you know, made her, she felt connected to the material like she hasn't before, mostly because um, they made the decision to actually use, um, and I'm going to mispronounce this because I I watched a whole bunch of videos trying to figure out how to say this, right? Um, But it's just not, it's not a sound that like I'm used to making. Um, So it's um, spelled X-H-O-S-A, but there's a click in the beginning and that's the name of the, that's, it's, um, it's like, Osa? Or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, you you got it because I can't say it either. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's like that. I watch a whole bunch of videos. If it's wrong, I know it probably is, but I really tried. Um, and it is uh, it's an official language of uh, the region of South Africa. Um, it's a language that's used today that people use, and that for Denai specifically, um, whose character Okoya uses it, a, uses it a lot when they're in situations outside of Wakanda, um, specifically when they're um, in the casino scene um, in South Korea. Um, so Okoya is probably one of my favorite characters because I see myself in her. She's really steadfast and she doesn't play around and she doesn't, she, Ryan Coogler, explains her as um, being traditional. She uses a traditional weapon. She doesn't want to be anywhere outside of Wakanda and she doesn't want to adjust to what outside of Wakanda Wakanda does. Um, Specifically when uh, after they realize that Claw is trying to sell another piece of of vibranium, they travel to Busan in South Korea uh, to try and get him in a sting and um, Okoye has to wear a wig and Ryan Coogler was like it was the first thing that we knew we wanted to do was we wanted her to throw her wig at somebody but we oh. didn't know how to do it and they built a lot of her fight around that to have her fight <laughs> throw that part off and to just be you know this traditional Dora uh, mm-hmm. a member of the Dora Milaje and the general um, so I should probably call her General Okoye <laughs> specifically yeah, look, look I'm getting like chills even thinking about 
<laughs> the fight scene in Korea. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about um I guess about Okoya and like that fight scene in general or her fight scenes? Uh, uh go for it, man. I was going to say one, I knew the lime green dress or the green dress had to mean something. And I was interesting that it did actually mean something the way they dressed because the way they dressed stood out so much that it had to mean something more than just the way, I don't know, the color of the dress was so like, I don't know, not really flamboyant would be the word, but just stuck out a lot. Oh, you're talking about Nakia's dress next to uh, Okoya's red dress. Yeah, because apparently it was for, that he made it for the country flag. Yeah, the Pan-African flag. Yeah, which was... So I didn't recognize the flag colors, but I knew the way the colors were just because it's the way that, because if you look around how everybody else is dressed and mm-hmm. especially the way they come in, considering they're supposed to be like undercover, she wearing that green dress, especially even the red one is just so bright. That, it stood know, out. that man, I want to just go find Ryan Coogler and just dap him up. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that man is a genius. <laughs> and there are so many other little, I can't, I can't even. So I didn't know it was a flag, but I knew it had to be something. I was like, there has to be some reason for this color, because this just does not match the rest of the scenery. (laughs) And like, if we go to the opposite side, too, because like specifically talking about that green dress. So um, Nikia is the one wearing the green dress. Right. And when we talk about her, she's supposed to be the opposite of Okoye. Like she is like femininity. She is she whereas Okoye won't use guns. Naki as a spy is going to use whatever she has and that's it. And so her dress is actually 3D printed. So the fat, so the costume designers 3D printed her dress and the geometric pattern is actually Wakandan language. Um, okay. So I wouldn't have got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched like 10 videos, like yeah. just watching Ryan Coogler, like deconstruct scenes uh, because a crap ton of work went into designing the costumes for this movie. That's insane. <laughs> I know I kind of jumped to the wrong character, but that when you talked about the career scene, that was the first thing with him walking up that jumped out to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, because she looked extra fine. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> Um, But but this, this contrast between, like, uh, Okoya just being down to business and Nakia, like, Nakia uses her femininity kind of, like, in a similar but different way that Black Widow does, I think it's just a spy thing. Because if you look at how they dressed, other than that scene, um, Okoya is constantly in her full armor. Um, and Nakia is in more, you know, it, more loose clothes, well, I guess. Well, like Okoya is a soldier. Nakia exactly. is a, it's like she's in civilian clothes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, and she's in hers. Her like, clothes. She's a she's a like I mean I'm thinking even thinking about like traditionalist or or just regular army and stuff like that you know uh, even if if you say you're a, a CIA operative and whatnot you know mm-hmm. so you're gonna wear different kinds of suits every day you know what I'm saying but if you're a general in the army you're always wearing <laughs> your ACUs or or I, oh, I'm sorry they got multicam now so but they're you're always wearing their they're always wearing their military outfit yeah uniform yeah <laughs> but so, yeah. <laughs> But no, I just wanted to highlight it because like watching, I think it was for Vanity Fair and he was saying that he wanted Nakia really feminine. And so that's why her shoulders are always showing. She has cutouts in her dress like that he wanted her to be extremely feminine. And like in that, in the Korea scene, she uses her heel to to beat somebody up, which is her (laughs) using her femininity to to her advantage. Oh, Chuck. Uh, What did you think, Adrian? uh, Korea is dope. 
the actress is awesome. Obviously, like we know, like we know when she's going to be in there. You know, she's going to be dope because you've seen her, you know, for years and years and years in um, the Walking Dead. So you know that she can pull off like that kind of character really well. Um, she plays the character super well. I think. I think you know, like down to do I like her character choices? I mean, that's like a different story. Like, I think she's too a little bit too proud. Like if Stefani <laughs> would kill me instead of my significant other would like kill me and like to stay with like America. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but no, but her character's dope. Uh, she's badass and I'm all about it. I actually really loved that she was like, nah, Wakabi, you screwed over our country. I'll totally kill you. I really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what she said, though. She says she chose Wakanda over her, which means in any situation that, that comes up, it doesn't have to be him betraying. It could be like, you know, this dude's about to get exiled. Will you come with me? Like, nah, Wakanda, bro. I don't know how I feel about that. The, the, line, the, line, the lines were from Wakabi when he said, you'll kill me, my love. And then she said, for Wakanda, without question. <laughs> so powerful. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to her credit, though, she also refuses to escape with Ramonda and Nakia. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that, too. Like, she's super, she's super proud. And, like, that's part of her character. You know, it, it, it's oh, dope. Yeah. She, pulls, she pulls it off super well. And I believe it. You know? Oh, yeah. It's also, I, oh, sorry. I was going to say, I should mention, Nakia is played by um, Lupita Nyong'o. Um, who we know from she is in our Star Wars universe. Mm. Come on. Um, and I mean, and she's just been like seeing her in that and having like such choreographed fights and doing so well made me really happy. And she is also, um, so she was born in Mexico, but she and her family are, are Kenyan. Um, so she is, has also deep roots to Africa and this movie, like, I just read so many reviews, or not reviews, but interviews with all these actors, and they were just like so happy. You know, you know where I saw Mas Kanata at in this movie? Where? But she was talking to the Korean lady outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, beyond that, um, they do have a chase scene um, accompanying. Uh, T'Challa, but mostly on their own, taking care of business by themselves or attempting to before their seat until their car gets blown up. Um, but I think it gave me probably one of my favorite scenes in a Marvel movie ever where um, Okoye throws her spear out the window and it lands in front of that car and the car just oh, like smashes into it because oh, it's vibranium. Oh. I'm going to go see the movie again tomorrow because of y'all. Just- <laughs> <laughs> like that, I yeah. Ah, oh, that was so incredible. Look, <laughs> look, okay, hold on. So, <laughs> so real quick, real quick on, on, on Ikea and Okoye. All right. Now, the, the, these are, these are probably the two most well-known Dora Malaje, uh, aside from the, aside from the newer run where Io and Anika are. Um, Io was in the, in the Civil War movie. Um, she's the one that was about to whoop up on Black Widow. Uh, <laughs> she was also in this movie too, but just not as, as prevalent. Um, but yeah, so uh, Naki and Okoye are, are the Dormelaja that hang out with Black Panther uh, during Volume 3. Uh, as you guys, I think we talked about last time, the Dormelaja are also known as the Adored Ones. Um, they're ceremonial wives to the Black Panther uh, in, in, in the comics. Not in the, not in the movie. They changed that in the movie, it's, which was, a, I think, a good choice. Um, <laughs> and and uh, they're younger in the comics. So um, some things that they changed about Nakia, I think is cool. In, in the comics, Nakia... 
uh, Black Panther accidentally kisses her. Long story, but he kisses her um, unintentionally, and she falls head over heels from him and goes a little crazy. Um, and the movie they upgrade her and they say, okay, no, she's a, she's older. She's a genuine love interest. It's not like a, a crazed thing. Um, and she has her own thing going on. You know what I mean? Um, you got a Koye who, like, after Nakia left and everything, uh, Koye stuck with Black Panther throughout the whole series. And he was like, sh- she was like the number one, like, badass that, that you see, like, in the movie. All right. So what they did was they switched Anika. She was the leader of the general. And they replaced her with, oh, I'm sorry, she was, she was the general, like, kind of like the general of the, of the Dormelage. And they switched her with Koye and then made her the general role. So because she's kind of like the one that was the most loyal throughout volume three. So um, matter of fact, she's probably the most loyal named Dora Malaje period in the comics. So you think about it because the other ones, Anika and Ayo, they, they were the ones that broke off from Wakanda. They, yeah. they broke off and like started their own thing and they had the no one man thing going on and then they messed up M'Baku. But, but, <laughs> but anyways, uh, anyways, uh, uh yeah, so Akoye ascending to this role in the movie is perfect for her. Her tradition and her loyalty is perfect. The fact that everything is for Wakanda is perfect, and it, it, it's almost to a fault. But she is watching. As soon as she found a moment where something didn't line up with tradition, she snapped back <laughs> because, because she was just waiting for that moment. So when T'Challa showed back up later. Um, Fast forward a little bit. When he showed up, when he showed up back uh, later, and he was still alive, and he hadn't yielded, and he hadn't been killed. Technically, the challenge was still on. So when Injaka, I mean, I'm sorry about this. God, I'm about to say his African name, Injadaka or uh, Killmonger, said, uh, you know, he was like, nah, all that challenge stuff is over with. Like that was Okoye's. She was like, oh, oh, so you're just gonna like, like, uh, <laughs> turn your back on tradition. All right, I got you. And then she called all the Dora Milaje to arms. That that's what she was waiting on. Because she knows in her heart what's right and what's wrong. And she's loyal to the throne. And she's gonna fall to this, but she her heart is still in the right place. She was looking for the yeah. moment. You know? So I mean, I, I think they did her character excellently. Yeah. And also yeah, I, think- uh, I don't I don't think that any of the Avengers uh save for Scarlet or uh I'm sorry, not uh Scarlet Witch or Vision can handle her. Just thought. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. I love her, but I wouldn't go that far. What? She's we dope, can talk about this. No, nah, we can dope, talk about she's this. She's getting blasted in the face by Iron Man ten out of ten times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, have to, you, have to remember, you have to remember what kind of technology they have. She's getting. She's getting her head smashed by Thor. Actually, no. She's getting ripped in half by Hulk. <laughs> the only person Hulk? that I think. Yeah, all the Avengers except for Black Widow. I mean, there's there's some there's some heavy hitters the in the Avengers. The Hulk, the Hulk is the Hulk, though. He's like <laughs> he's like fighting them half of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where he starts retconning: Is Hulk really an Avenger? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, you make good points though. <laughs> my boy Peter Parker? Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. No, 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 no. Actually, Peter, Peter. actually, Peter, uh, MCU Peter, we actually talked about this on, on my podcast we recorded before. Um, Peter actually would have trouble because of his inexperience. Yeah. So, this is Peter Parker would get ripped in half. Exactly. Thank you. She would break him <laughs> over her knee. 
Uh, I mean, Brink is way superior over hers, but he just doesn't have the experience. That's he's an idiot. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying they all get smacked by Thanos anyway, so does it and really plus, matter? And plus, with her authority, <laughs> with her authority, like, come on, he's a he's a kid. With her authority, she's probably gonna just talk to him with a commanding tone, and he'll go sit down. Go to your room, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably an African, and he's like, I don't know what you just said, but I'm gonna do that. <laughs> He's going to go hide behind Iron Man. <laughs> right. Uh, so moving to the other side of the coin with Nakia, because Nakia, Nakia actually, like, she is mostly her heart first, which make her prioritize everything else before Wakanda. Like, she's a spy. She's in the field. She wants to be out there helping. And she has this exchange with T'Challa where she's telling him that, like, after what I've seen, I have to be out there to help him, you know. And it helped them. And he, he tells him, we need to help them. You know, we can, we can educate them. We can give them technology. And, you know, she goes down the path of, you know, start in, in the very beginning telling T'Challa, like, we need to think about moving out um, before, you know, Killmonger comes in with a very different idea. Well, same, but different idea. Um, so for Nakia, it's all about heart, heart first. Um, but that heart still leads her in a strong duty. And for Nakia, I was super happy when Ramonda told her to take the herb. I don't know how to work that in because that's like too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a good place. I mean, I didn't know that that was a thing. I thought 10 out of 10 that that was going to happen after um, after the podcast episode. I didn't know that um, she would be a person who could take the herb or yeah. whatever. So I thought they I thought that was what they're gonna do until you know they find found a way to bring uh you know to tell Chala back. I thought that she was definitely gonna do that. I kinda wish they would. I thought that would have been kinda dope, to be honest. Same. Okay, so <laughs> only by so with this herb, only somebody within all complete bloodline or half a bloodline? In uh, comics. It's yeah, it's different in the movie. It looks like yeah. anybody in the movie could take it. Um, okay, that's what threw me off with the whole thing in the movie. I didn't understand it. They were yeah. just handing that thing out, and I was like, "I already said episode." You get an herb, and you get an herb, and you get an herb. See, every everybody. In the, so one thing I like about the movie so much, uh, or the way they portray Wakanda so much, is that everybody has a level of respect for tradition, except for Killmonger. He's just like, like not him. But I mean, everybody in Wakanda has a certain level of res- of respect for. Uh, tradition in Wakanda, like certain certain traditional values. So even in Baku, uh, I don't even think that he would try to like go steal the herb or anything like that. I think that if he wanted the herb, he would do it the right way, like go through the challenge and all that st- and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I think these people have a, a, a just a, just a certain level of honor among them that that would keep them from from like going and raiding the garden or whatever like that. I, I, you know, I mean, it might be a cool mini story plot line about some random person that went down to the garden and ate an herb or something like that. But like, like by and large, I think most people would respect the values, you know? Yeah. Which I think, I mean, I, since we've talked about Mbaka, I think we can just go straight into him because since he's a side character, but like, in my opinion, he kind of stole the show when he was on screen. That man. A lot of the time. I can't believe how good they did in Baku. This movie was amazing, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, yeah, he's my favorite character. <laughs> when he goes, uh, and they, he just starts barking. Oh, man, I died inside. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved Yo, it. Who, I, I bark at Stefani all the time. Hold on. Huh? Who were the white gorillas? Like, think about college. 
All right, think about college <laughs> fraternities. Tell me who the white gorillas were. Come on, I know y'all know. Uh-uh. No. No. They're like the cues. They're like the cues, man. The cues, the, the cues come out stumping in the, in, the, in the purple, you know, with their purple joints on and the gold boots, and they're all barking and stuff like that. Man. <laughs> that's 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 what that's what the. Uh, oh yeah, it's reminding me. Of, this is amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. The vegetarian to, joke was hilarious. Do you want to put it in some context, Adrian? Like explain the scene a little bit. Oh uh, well, I guess after the scene that you're talking about, where they were, you know, they offered the uh, the herb to. Um, was it Nakia? I, I don't yeah. know. How to say it. Yeah, I was just thinking Lapita. I love Lapita so much. So that's how I was going to say the name. Uh, they go to um, this is after Killmonger has taken over. So they they go back to uh, Mubak, Mubaku. Is that how you pronounce it? Mubaku. Mubaku uh, to enlist his help in fighting Killmonger because their tribe is separate from kind of like the main uh, Black Panther tribe that we've seen through the movie and. They go in there and try to talk to him, but he's like not having any of it. And uh, Martin Freeman's character, uh, Ross. Agent Ross, tries to talk and he's like, No, stop talking. And then he starts doing the ooh, 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 and then everyone else around him starts doing it and he just shuts up. I, you also gotta like love Martin Freeman's face because he's like, Are you are you serious? This is really what we're doing. This is really what we're doing. Like, you know, like, you know, like he wants to say one more thing, but then he's like, If you speak again, like, I'm gonna feed you to my, my children. He's like, Vegetarians, and I just, just lost. Saying, with <laughs> oh, it's the best line of the whole movie. Well, the that. best thing too is that he laughs at himself so hard that he snorts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you could tell. Like I felt, I felt like such like a genuine moment while they were filming it, and they're like, "No, nah, just keep it in, keep it in." Yeah. That, 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 that <laughs> you know, because yeah. was like, "No, we need that one. That's the one we want." And uh, so uh, Umbaku is played by Winston Duke, and he is actually, um, he has ties to Trinidad and Tobago um, himself. Um, and oh my God, I will say this, Twitter is calling him Mbaku because um, there's a lot of thirst for him right now. I did not know that thirst was that real until like after the movie. I was like, whoa. I well, didn't I don't know. think anybody had seen him until that movie. And then he's just chilling on that throne. Like, I mean, I, I that know, is I'm, a powerful scene. I know we got the wettest cut with the vibranium clippers, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Coming Matt pretty much what like everybody Ross. already said. <laughs> Matt felt like Ross. No, your sense is just part of the fight. <laughs> like, he could have easily just, you know, taken them out, but he took them to T'Challa and didn't, you know, kill him after, like, they found him, like, in the snow. So Yeah. That's, that's what I mean by the honor and respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, and you're to totally right context, on that point. Because to put it into context, Mbaku is the very first ritual challenge that um, T'Challa goes through, um, attempting to actually take the the, the Panther throne. Um, but T'Challa beats him, and uh, he you know he loses, and he goes back, and he it that he has every motive to take the herb. And he doesn't. Well, he still owed him. Yeah. Do you want to explain? Well, you like over here, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's like that's her. That's your point, though. Like he has every right. Or like every like motive to take the herb, and you you think like, oh well, he's gonna do it because he might be like a bad guy. But like, no, he's just he's still part. You know, even though they're separated, he's still part of like the greater tribe, and he's still he's still because down with the, the tradition. Comics, he is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, I didn't know that. I, I thought he was a pretty. Yeah. Creepy. I know that <laughs> well, I, I looked he's... it up, and like his like name was like Man Ape, and he just like was in like this big gorilla suit. I kind of want to see that on screen a little bit. <laughs> Like I hope, like if he's in Infinity War, that's why I want him to come out, like just in the big, <laughs> like a big gorilla, <laughs> try and go punch Thanos in the face. I want that so bad. Uh, 
He, he, yeah, he, I'm gonna feed you to my children, Thanos, and just try to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bad guy. Uh, he's he's a relatable, complex bad guy. Uh, he's he's not as well portrayed in the comics, but he he's he's pissed about he's pissed about like the way T'Challa runs things. You know, he doesn't like the way he runs things, and it's not that he wants to like take over and do bad things. He just doesn't like T'Challa, so so it makes him automatically like his antagonist. Um, you know, for for things that happened in the past that I won't go into like super great detail and in, into, but yeah, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he's not like. A bad. He's not a bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I mean, he does. He does. He does some bad things. I mean, yeah. He in, in the comics, he does some like uh, some betrayal and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, I, I think the movie took that and they made him a little bit more honorable. So I, I really enjoyed that. <clears throat> I also like, um, honestly, how they didn't use the name Manape. Um, which is <laughs> terrible. Yeah, shouldn't have been a thing. Um, yeah. But how they use like some of that imagery from the comics when he starts the ritual combat in the eight mask, and mm-hmm. when they go up, you see like and it, it looks like it's pulled out from the comics how it's um, how it, it um, how it's shown. So like the mask, and then the um, uh, I guess like the chiseling in their like mountain. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it like still honors his origins without keeping some of the other aspects of it, um, mm-hmm. which is really hard to do with characters, and it was really well done. Yeah. Um. So we sign up before go- we move on. Um, if they ever do an Overwatch movie, I hope he is he plays Winston. Don't say that <laughs> <laughs> because his name is actually Winston. Winston. <laughs> And it, I feel like it just works. Winston has a white gorilla skin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if they do like an animated thing and they can't get the original voice actor, I want him to be the voice actor. That, that <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so I think next we should just go into Ross uh, since you mentioned him getting barked at. <laughs> which is, was an amazing moment. <laughs> um, so for Ross... He comes in during um, the, I guess, like the sting operation in Busan um, because he, a member of the CIA, and his CIA team are there to buy Vibranium from Claw, um, which I don't think they ever say if they were really going to buy it or if they were going to take him in. Like, I don't really know if they took him in because T'Challa was there or if he was just going to buy it. Like, I'm a little iffy on that. I think it was a setup. It It was like one of those government setup things. Like, Okay. You know, Claw was going to going to sell his stuff to you know some sellers for a for a um, you know, for some diamonds or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the government caught wind of it. They set up their you know they staged their buying offer or whatever with some diamonds. They have you know they get the diamonds or whatever. They they, they staged their buying offer. Uh, Claw had the dual effect of knowing that it was gonna it was gonna draw out the Wakandans. Um, and then and then at the same time, uh, he also Claw also knew that. You know the government was going to be involved too, so they were they were prepared for all of this. I think they were doing it all to get the diamonds and draw out draw out um, uh, T'Challa and him, and you know for 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 Killmonger to get a glimpse of him. I think Killmonger wanted to get a glimpse of T'Challa before he actually went over to Wakanda, uh, yeah. something like that. But I think I think all the parties knew 
all the parties were too smart for the situation. Like Black Panther knew what was a setup. You know what I'm saying? Everett knew Ross was going to show up there. Uh, I'm not, not Ross. Um, Everett knew uh, Claw was going to show up there. Claw knew that Everett was a, you know, was really government. You know what I mean? Like they all knew yeah. the game. <laughs> so it yeah. was very evident in that scene. Um. So I, I guess I just want to mention it here because they're talking about that scene. And I just want to know what, Andy Serkis's SoundCloud link is so I can get his mixtape. He's going to be singing uh, Baby Don't Hurt Me. (laughs) What is love? (laughs) Yeah, I saw uh, something something on Reddit, like a comment was like, uh, Marvel wants, or Disney wants to spend a lot of money making Andy Serkis look like Andy Serkis in CGI. (laughs) <laughs> so he does the cgi stuff but i, I, I forgot how like good andy circus is like he needs to not be in cgi so much he oh, does he's thought, amazing because i thought he stole the scenes that he was in just by the virtue of just how good he is it was great he's hey, hey come here come here come here you can go <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. He picked Why right he picked it? up right where he left off like from age of ultron basically like just being the better villain Yep. And I kind of I kind of took his um, craving for vibranium to be the thing that drove him as crazy as he was in that movie. So was he did he have like vibranium like poison per se? No, I don't think so. Well, what was on his neck? Oh, oh. <laughs> maybe he did have vibranium poison. I don't know. <laughs> because he had like the color because the vibranium always glue, uh, glowed like a bluish purple or like an indigo color and it ran through his veins all throughout his neck and kind of his back area. That's true. Huh. Maybe he did have vibranium. That's poisoning. a good catch. <laughs> he was snorting, I mean, he was snorting that vibranium. Well, I didn't know if it was because he had it attached to his arm for the yeah. gun and after a while the exposure. Yeah, yeah, actually, maybe that's why. I didn't even think about that. Wow. I didn't, I didn't think about that even once. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that was what I had for him. <laughs> Apparently, nobody knew the answer. I mean, no, I, actually, I think it was the gun. I mean, that makes sense. That makes it perfect was, sense. That, and I mean, Ryan Coogler worked in costuming to, repl- to represent the Pan African flag. I'm pretty sure he wanted it to be vibranium poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I literally thought it was, but I hadn't seen anybody else. They didn't say really that. talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what it looked like. Why, possibly, why he was insane or doing everything because it looked like. But yeah. Yeah. True that. No, definitely. That. Which I, I also you. think. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say I also think too, like Andy Circus is like being used to acting in CG, where he has to overact for himself to come through, works so perfectly in real <laughs> life as Claw. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, you can even see his insanity for the vibranium, even for that split second when he cracks when Ross is in the room talking to him. Yeah, and, and, and he asks how he's like, I thought you stole the vibranium, and he he like kind of he kind of lurches at him, and he's like, I only I, I you know I I only took a whatever he said uh, a piece of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They've been mining the mountain for a thousand years and haven't scratched the surface. You know, it was like he was like you could see the you could see it in his eyes, like he was yeah. he was wanting it. <laughs> And then, um, so Ross, while they have um, Claw tank, um, um, Claw detained after after the Vibranium deal goes on, uh, he actually takes a bullet for, is it Nakia? Is that who he takes the bullet for, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He takes a bullet for her in his back, um, 
which leaves him paralyzed and pretty much about to die. So they make the decision to take him back to Wakanda in order to get the life-saving treatment. Um, and this is where we kind of get to see uh, Shuri. Oh, the like, best for the last. Shuri-ness. <laughs> which also leads to probably the most, the first mini disappointment from this movie. Which is? When Ross wakes up, I was hoping he was going to say something like he was Bilbo. <laughs> like I'm lost. I'm on an adventure. Where am I? <laughs> oh, that would have been epic. That would have been the meta like, shit ever, and I would have loved it. I was wanted one little line of something to this, a hint at this. Like, oh, I've been on an adventure before in a long lost land. <laughs> I would have loved it. Because I mean, when you think about it, Ross, like Martin Freeman is bilboing a lot of the time that he's in Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, oh, so he even tells like sure he's like oh, magic, not magic, <laughs> science. <laughs> Don't scam it like that, colonizer. <laughs> I had a ring once. Yeah, <laughs> I had a ring. Once. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Right? <laughs> that <would've> been perfect. <laughs> yeah, if he woke up without his clothes, he's like, "Where's my ring at?" Oh, yeah. that would have been so good. That would have been so good. Oh, man. Oh, that would have been perfect. Uh, you also get, like, my favorite line, which alludes to Bucky, where she says, oh, you brought me another broken white boy to fix. Sure, <laughs> 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 um, snark here is just, like, untouchable. Um, <laughs> the thing is, it's so natural, because she's not even trying to be like that. It's just her. <laughs> That's the funny yeah. thing. She's just, like, being her, you know? Can I make a confession? <laughs> yes. I hated the what are those line. The, what? The, uh, the, oh, the what are those line? <laughs> oh man, if that was like two years ago, I think that would have worked better for me. Wait, but I rolled line? my eyes so hard. What was she those? showing him the sneakers? Oh yeah, like, what are those? I was like, oh my god, what year is it? I loved it. I loved I it. Like, I'm not I feel gonna... like the joke was funnier. Like I feel like it was funny. Like when Kruger wrote it like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> right here, what are those joke? <laughs> but like we're so far away from that. I, I loved it because I wasn't expecting it. Like it just came out of nowhere. I was like, whoa. The sneakers line did kill me though. That was really really good. Like, oh, the, the sneakers because the okay. <laughs> she she pulled it off so good. Um, which uh, Shuri is played by Letitia Wright, and she is um, from Guyana, or she and her family are from Guyana, um, and she is a phenomenal actress, and I watched some of her interviews, and she said that the majority of the lines that she has with T'Challa where she's picking on him, most of that was ad-lib, because she was like, I'm just going to try to be a sister here, and I'm going to try to annoy him like a sister would annoy him. <laughs> Um, yeah, about putting so. your hand up if there's any more challengers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the, the first. And that was the first really quick comic reference. Really quick. Exactly. <laughs> she actually did want to go fight T'Challa at the beginning of Black Panther Volume 4, and she was trying to get into the ring to fight him. So when she rose her hand, I was wondering for a split second, like, wait a second. <laughs> but no, she. She, that, so in the movie, it was alluding to her, her, you know, being a snarky little kid who, you know, works on technology, um, you know, and but it was also the reference to that. I like how they how they like snuck that in. There was like a, a comic reference too to, to the fact that she had always been wanting to challenge T'Challa for you know to oh, prove herself. That's dope. I like that Easter egg, but doesn't drive a plot. I'm all about that. <laughs> and I think too. So like, oh wait, it's like as we move into Shuri. 
it is like very apparent that she's like the technological backbone of Wakanda. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. making all the tech, she's testing it out. Um, and you get to see her create and um, her, like one of my favorite interactions with them is where she has T'Challa test the the new Black Panther suit because it holds kinetic energy. <laughs> and she tells him to kick it. And then he kicks it, it flies across the room. And then she's like, oh no, you're breaking my stuff. And then she puts it back up. She's like, okay, now kick it again. Wait. And she gets, she takes her, uh, was it, uh, what do they call it, Kimonio beads? Yeah, Kimonio beads, yeah. Yeah, Kimonio beads. And she pulls it up. And she's taking a video of it, and he kicks it, and he flies, fly like he flies backwards, and, like the entire thing has like this little mini, this little mini ball of energy come out. Delete that footage. Yeah, <laughs> and it made me so happy, just because like it was such a great display of her, like her her technological prowess and their relationship as brother and sister. Yeah, because like this this is one of the things like I, I felt when I first felt her doing those like. Um, like comic-y lines kind, kind of like I felt the same with Umbaku at first like oh god are they gonna go too far but Umbaku was perfect and for me I felt like Shuri was perfect too because the way she was interacting was genuine to a like you know a sister brother relationship mm-hmm. and so I really liked it I didn't feel like they took that you know to that to the top part you know they didn't go overboard with it did I he just- freeze <clears throat> I do find it interesting and in like that basically the basically the science for the brains of the entire um I guess country everything is probably the one person that is the traditional. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It works perfectly, yeah. So science always from tradition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it louder. You can say it louder. Say, with, say it with the chest, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was because she is, she doesn't wear traditional clothes. She doesn't like, she's, she has like house Wakandan music playing in the background every time you go in, Mm -hmm. Um, which the music in this movie was so good. Like Mm -hmm. it felt different than everything else, you know, it had its its own flair, its own, like it was Wakandan music over anything else. Um, In the opening scene when they when they're flying over the field and they have old boy uh whoever that is that singer singing that song in whatever language that was <laughs> whatever that was that opening scene and he's, and he's singing that that was that that was awesome um it just the whole feel of that and then them, they rolled so quick like after the first few scenes they rolled so quickly into the, the tribal traditional stuff and then, mm-hmm. and then making the chance and doing the dances and and, and and the songs into the challenge and then you know when Killmonger's walking through, he gets his vibe. You know what I'm saying? You hear you hear, you hear that like that hard bass come in, like oh here comes this here comes this American mofo. You know he's Wakandan, <laughs> but you know you know he spent all his time in America. Here he comes effing stuff up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think too, like there's like this dynamic between Shuri and Ross to kind of like go into where we came from. That is really really interesting because like we're used to seeing Ross because we've saw you know in Civil War where he's wanting to dominate like every conversation he's wanting to like, he's going to call the shots and he's always going to make himself feel like he calls the shots. And then there's like this moment of realizing when he's in the lab with Shuri, where he's like, she's going to tell me what to do because I, I don't know any of this. Mm -hmm. I was actually kind of surprised by Ross. Like he was asking questions. He knew how the stuff worked. He just didn't think that like people are able to do it. Like I think we sleep on how smart Ross actually is. Oh, that is true. I didn't think about he was, that. When they were talking about the rail, like the rail system, and he's like, "Is this this?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. of course that is." And I was like, "Oh, 
he actually knows how some of this stuff works. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just, he's just like, man, I haven't, I've never seen it so like efficient. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> how is it working that well? <laughs> I know how it works, but how is it working so good? <laughs> Thanks, Ross, for being the guy to give me the exposition to know what was going on in the scene. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's really cool too because as we start moving through to to the end of the show or to the end of the movie. Like you get this this reuse of this tech that Shuri has in the Busan fight, where um, you throw something on a vehicle and it can be controlled remotely from um, from her lab, from her layer. Mm-hmm. Shuri has a layer. <laughs> it's inside of the of the Great Mound, mind you. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so he actually gets to pilot a Wakandan ship. But she has it set up so that it's American. And she says specifically, it's American so you can fly it. Um, yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, which in that final fight, like, lets him help out and not just kind of sit there, which is really awesome um, to see her, you know, direct him on what to do. Um, this movie is so excellent, dude. <laughs> so many layers. This is so many, so many layers. Yeah, um, we're not even going to touch on them all. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so should we go into Killmonger or T'Challa first? How about you hit on Wakabi? Or Wabi? Wakabi? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hate Wakabi. Can that be it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Wakabi is played by Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, you probably know him from Get Out. Um, and he is a British actor who is whose parents are from Uganda. And he plays one of the... Um, He's not the chief of another one of the Panther tribe, well, another one of the tribes, but he he's like one of the head people in there, and he's friends with T'Challa for a really, Is he really long time. Friends with him, he was he was friends with T'Challa for a really long time. He raises rhinos, which is so cute. <laughs> um, um, and he essentially just turns on T'Challa because Killmonger shows up with Claw. I don't know if y'all want to talk about this. I mean, he's definitely, I think, I mean, Daniel's great, like a great actor. Like we all saw Get Out. Like we know how good of an actor is, but I think he's like the weakest part of like this ensemble cast. I don't know if that's because like the ensemble cast is so good and like he just, he's good, but not like good enough. But he was definitely like the, I think the most forgettable character out of the ones we see in the movie. I don't know if he was most. Yeah, I don't know if he was most forgettable for me, but he was the one that like, he was the most bothersome to me. I did not like this character because he made the least sense for his choices. Explain. Uh, so basically, he literally based, the Killmonger shows up with Claw. He says, hey, I brought you a dead guy. He said, awesome. I've been looking for this for 30 years. I don't know who T'Challa is. Bye. Whatever. You're now my new king. <laughs> In a sense. Nah. <laughs> I think it's a little bit. Uh, I think it's a little bit more layered than that. Um, so earlier, when they're talking by the rhino pen, uh, Wakabi mentions to T'Challa. He says, uh, "He says, you know, if you if you if you send me and some men out to these different parts of the world, we'll we'll go provide aid or or you know something to that effect." He says, "We'll go fight." Yeah. So fight. Not he, he wasn't. Preparing. He's not caring about aid. Right. Well, yeah, he was against the aid. Well, yep. well, I. I I, I I think I think what I think what he's wanting to do is he he wants to go take over different parts because he thinks that Wakanda can control it better. Uh, I, I I don't I don't think his heart's in the wrong place 
as far as uh as far as like what they just go attack random people like like Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think he generally like his his whole. He, so when he so when he's talking about fighting, I, he's talking about fighting like bad people, and he's saying we Are can you sure help. We, you know, I'm I mean, pretty can... sure because because look, if you look at that conversation, Chichala was partially agreeing with what he was saying, but he was like, "Yo, but you know, we Wakanda, we we stay here and we do this thing, and we don't go uh, get involved with the rest of the world." It wasn't that Chichala was completely against what he was saying. He was just like, "That's not what we do." Because throughout the whole movie, Chichala Chichala has this. He's, he's he's having a, a crisis even from the very beginning scene. Like very, there's there's this very subtle uh, uh, dispute in in T'Challa. Like when he when he leaves the Naga, I, I don't know the Nagandans. When when he leaves the 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 uh, the envoy or the convoy uh, mm-hmm. after he saves those people, and he can't the, the the look the look when he looks back at them, it's kind of like. I feel like I shouldn't be leaving these people. I should be doing something to help, but I can't. Because of what yeah. we are, what Wakanda does. So with Wakabe, Wakabe is like, yo, we'll go fight uh, these these you know these other people, and we, we can we you know the bad people, and we'll and we'll go provide. I, that's why I say provide aid. I meant providing aid like to the people who need help against bad people. So um, later on, when he's like goes to get uh, Claw, um, and Wakabe's like, oh yeah, you can, you can finally you can finally bring him back, and we can have justice, something your father didn't do for thirty years. You know what I'm saying? When he failed at bringing Claw back, Wakabe was was starting to distance himself more from T'Challa. Um, so when Killmonger showed up with his ideas, Wakabe was on board because he had already expressed prior that yo, uh, we need to we need to be like going out and doing other things. And he is definitely more militant than some of the other people. Like like uh, Nakia wants to go help and stuff too, but she's not as she's not militant. Like yo, let's war and all this crap yeah, she you wants know. to educate people and give them technology right sure sure he also wants to help help mm-hmm. people um because at the end of the movie when when you know she's all happy when he's talking about providing you know the tech you know the tech centers or whatever um but anyways yeah it's i think wakabe's progression actually made a whole lot of sense and he ma- he misstepped when Killmonger came in, because he was like, "Oh yeah, this dude's trying to make some change, and T'Challa didn't make, make the change that we wanted to see. Let's go ahead and let's let, let's do it." I mean, it was effed up. Don't get me wrong; <laughs> it was effed up that he did it like that. But when he does that, and then in the very final scene when he lays down his weapons in front of Okoye, when he looked around for a second, they showed the slow motion fight and everything. He realized, "Yo, I didn't want this to happen like this." So that that shows right there that Wakabe wanted what he wanted too much and he wasn't ready for the cost you know so i mean that, that's that's the, way, that's the way i take it like part of me doesn't feel like that because he has a chance to not fight against t'challa he yeah. has a chance to honor the fact that he has not yielded or died and he looks square at him looks at his men and makes his men charge in there to attack t'challa by himself an army on one person oh he's so up. like <laughs> so like, he, well, no, no, I'm like, I and like, he is, but like, he doesn't all of a sudden, like, for me, I don't like the all of a sudden, oh, I made a mistake. It's like, you actually had to think through your mistake because Killmonger didn't order your people, you ordered your people into that fight. There just seemed like a lot of things like that, that I thought he made a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. No, so, yeah. So, and, and, and like, like it wasn't like a one snap, like, of like, his a character choices are, his character, his character, was, his character choices are resolved basically by like, 
T'Challa just saying like, no, dude, like Killmonger is the one who saved Claw in the first place. And then you don't have any of like Wakabe's betrayal probably. If well, that's what also bugged me was nobody seems to be a choice for me to like overcome like a character's like development throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. That was probably the second part that I had a problem with. They dropped up Claw from somebody they never met and they didn't question this, even though they just literally got back from a mission in which they failed capturing Claw. So I think like the only difference here, um, so when it comes, like the only difference I have with you guys, because I agree with you on like um, Daniel Kaluuya's, I, I think Wakabi is probably, he's not written as well. And he's like, he's based off of small decisions. Whereas everybody else, you understand their, 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 you know, their methods. You understand why they're doing these things. Mm. Yeah. We get more time with, we get, we get more time with the other characters. So they get more time to develop. You yeah. know, so, so their like, decisions mean more. Exactly. So like, I see his as like, this is like, he is one of the problems I have. Like, and I agree with Adrian and Matt, like it seems rushed in his area because They've been friends all their life, or at least that's what the movie makes it seem like. You shouldn't be able to flip that switch that quickly. Because mm -hmm. I understand the change part, and I got the change part, but I'm also like, I just don't know. I guess to me, especially with the tradition thing of like the loyalty they show in a lot of this movie, how he flips so fast. Yeah, right. For, I mean, well, everybody's not as you know. I'm saying that's the thing. It's just, it just seems like he's just he's he's his own person. You know what I mean? Like everybody is not going to be as dedicated is the next person um you know and i mean come on people in real life some people you think are your friends in real life will turn on I mean, you you know yeah but i guess like, i just thought because it was like because like like she said i thought it was like a long withstanding relationship for uh like i said i thought they were like friends like throughout the entire like lives they grew up together and right. so like i understand like him arguing with like the elders per se but then when it came to like that split time when it came to him and T'Challa that I was like, I wasn't sure like how you did this so fast. Yeah. Because yeah. even when they have their meeting where like where he has to say he didn't kill Claw or he didn't capture Claw, like Wakabe looks disappointed but he doesn't look pissed. Like if they had just done that scene differently and made it be this argument between the two, then I could understand, okay this bridge has started to burn between him and T'Challa. I'm gonna, you know he, it makes sense for him to choose Killmonger. Yeah, I don't have problems with the choices. Like, I agree with what you're saying, where it's like, not everyone's going to be the same. Yeah. And the, the character is complex in his decisions. I just wish it was portrayed better on screen. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is, is, is what I mean at the end. Like, because you get, we, we say all these things about, you know, how they developed, like, Nakia's character. And we get, like, two scenes with him in it. And then we're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be just okay with him, like, turning his back on T'Challa. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm okay with them doing that, but give me a little bit more first. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But I think, too, like, for them now, I mean, I think now we can move into T'Challa himself. Like, like the reason that I think that they, I guess T'Challa and Killmonger, we can talk to them, we can talk about them, like, next to each other. But, like, T'Challa himself, I think the reason that nobody brings it up or nobody cares is because the only person that knows that Killmonger was there is T'Challa. And T'Challa just found out that his father murdered his brother and left Eric to just be on his own. And so, like, T'Challa is having, and this is one of the things that differ from the comic, I think, is there's so much compassion that comes out in T'Challa that he's like, you know what? I like, I don't think T'Challa thought he was going to lose. I think T'Challa was sure in himself because he had just defeated Umbaku. Like, you know what? This dude from America came here. My family completely screwed him over. I'll give you a chance at the throne. Um, but I don't think he 
saw that ending with him getting thrown over a waterfall. Mm, I think T'Challa. I think T'Challa didn't know he's going to lose actually, um, and the reason the reason why is because he was going through a lot with finding out that information from Zuri. So mm-hmm. his mental space wasn't in the right place. And when he showed up, it was like the past, like his, like he was, he was so consumed with his father who he saw as a perfect person who, and they said this in line earlier, have I ever failed you? Yeah. This perfect person who's never failed him, who in his eyes was the end all be all perfect king who he found a major flaw or, or a major, or a major act that was a, 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 you know, a flaw. And he, he just got hit with this. And then here comes this dude. And he knows who he is when he sees him. He knows. That's why he didn't say his name. That's why, that's why he didn't ask his name. Because he knew, he knew. Like exactly. He knew. So when he, so when he was, when he, uh, T'Challa was never going to turn down a challenge when he asked him for the challenge. Cause, because that's just his honor. But he, he was so conflicted in his mind that he knew that he wasn't up for that fight. That's why he lost. He wasn't mentally ready for it. And then when Zeri got killed, he wasn't, because it was basically his, well, he felt like it was his fault because he accepted the challenge and Zeri came in and, or, and because he, because he, because he demanded that Zeri tell him that information too. Like he, yeah. it was so much weighing on that battle that he lost. Wasn't physical. That was a mental battle that T'Challa lost against what's his face. Yeah. And, yeah. and and Killmonger was a monster. Oh, yeah. You can't be all mentally messed up fighting him. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought he was totally, like, mentally already, like, drained and done before he even fought anything. I was totally... Yeah. But, yeah, no, I was, like, totally agree with Rich. Like, I don't know if his mind was completely in there. He was just yeah. like, we're just going to do this. Yeah. And that scene was so... Oh, my goodness. Like, you know it's going to happen. You know Killmonger is going to win. But still, like every the the whole the whole like build up to that scene, it was just wow. Like the dude, the dude coming from America, who are you? Throw him in jail. Yo, what's your name? I'm in Jadaka. You know what I'm saying? And he, and he, and he gives his whole African line because <laughs> Michael B. Jordan has never spoken African before, but he delivered that line like a boss. <laughs> but uh, and he and, he's, and, he, and he like says yeah. Uh, you know, I'm gonna take over the throne. Uh, hey, Auntie. You know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. just, <laughs> he's just like he does all that. You know, and then Sherry saying the line. Like they, they do so many things to weigh on it. Sherry says, "Oh, you know, he can't beat the child. He should have came to the first challenge." You know, it, it, and then like all this ends like an hour ago. Y'all were just talking, and now the king's dead. Like yeah. it was so heavy. No, I, I mean, I think. I genuinely think that that's why he lost fighting him because I think that, and this, this is why I really like Killmonger as a villain is because he elicits empathy and change from T'Challa because yeah. T'Challa knows that it's Wakanda's fault. It's his, it's, it's Wakanda's fault by a byproduct of his father, you know? And so like, I think that like, that's definitely why he doesn't show up to and this everything fight. Everything Killmonger but, said was right. <laughs> you know, or, or you know, I mean, I mean, when he's when, he, when he's telling them, you know, there's two billion people out there that look like us, and y'all ain't helping none of them. Y'all just y'all, y'all just yeah. laid up in here chilling, you know. Yeah, so. no, I you know, and I agree there too. I mean, part of me though, like part of me just doesn't. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll get into Kim, Killmonger as we move through this. Um, to to T'Challa, um, when it comes to fighting, he is. I actually don't think. 
So T'Challa has the fight in Busan, the two ritual fights, and then the final fight, correct? Uh, I, th I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. And so um, when T'Challa is thrown off and he falls into, um, into the ocean river stream thing off a waterfall River um, of grace and wisdom I yeah he, he's saved by the jabari and um when they reach him as you mentioned before with the heart-shaped herb to you know give him his powers back again because he's but this time he's gone through two different power draining rituals and they give him they give him back they bury him in the snow and he has this you know, this meetup with his father and his father's like, it's time to come home. And he just gives like this strong closing of that door. And like, you know, that he's going to move Wakanda into a different place mm -hmm. um, after that. So much emotion in that. Oh my goodness. It's so much imagery. Notice when he showed up, his back was turned. Mm -hmm. Oh man. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ryan Coogler is a beast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything? Anything on T'Challa? Um, I mean, I don't know how y'all feel about this, but I think he's not the best character in his own movie. Oh, I could agree. Because those yeah. Dormalaje were beasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can think of like three other characters like just that I liked in this movie better than I like, you know, T'Challa. I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily like a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, I would hope that like the movie that the thing is like named after would kind of um be better. But I don't I don't know I don't know why I don't know why I didn't feel the same way. Like I don't, I didn't feel the same way about him as I did when I saw uh, Civil War. And I understand when he's going through stuff, but like I just think he gets a little bit outacted by the other the other ladies in the movie, and even uh, uh, Mubaku for like the couple scenes that he's in. Um, <laughs> he's fine. He's not bad. I just don't think he's he's not the best part of like the movie. Which I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like, I just like seeing these black women get their due, man. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm, I'm serious, man. Like, never. I mean, she wouldn't even talk about Ramonda at all, but she was, like, she's amazing in her in her few moments. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Ramonda is <clears throat> commanding in her scenes. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's just like, like, black black women. I'm not obviously they have movies and they have you know they they you know they they have parts in movies that are, are are big here and there but I don't think I've ever seen like uh an action movie with black women portrayed so flawlessly and it's not even just the action either it's like I mean Sherry commanding like all of the technology in Wakanda at 16 you know what I mean like it's, it's there's just so many layers of of power uh and it's especially obviously Okoye um and I mentioned before with the with the scene where where uh, Wakabe bows before her, she's so powerful, man. You yeah. know? I do have a question though. Um, I don't know, maybe I missed this in the movie. But does T'Challa have his like four degrees already at this point? <laughs> because he just, he didn't seem like super smart. Like y'all y'all talked him up to be when we did our Black Panther episode because <laughs> he kind of did stupid stuff for a lot of the movie. <laughs> He's book smart, not 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 common sense. No, <laughs> he's not street smart. Well, we, Eric has a degree from MIT in Annapolis, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I thought I thought this dude had like four degrees. What? He did. He has a physics PhD from Oxford. They they, they made a um. So they they did make a, a small like nod to that to make sure that we didn't forget that he was super smart. Um, 
when Shuri mentions the suit and he says, um, you know, she shows him a suit and he goes, oh, yeah, my design, which means that he designed and built that that suit, the one he's wearing in Civil War. And then Shuri's like, oh, it's old, <laughs> you know? So, oh, like, okay. it's kind of like a little nod to, yeah. Like, oh, okay, gotcha. Too, but, you know, Shuri has the, she's got the reins on that. Yeah. That I think I think also to Adrian, he could have his PhD from Oxford, but it could also not mean shit compared to the Wakandan schools. Right. Episode like a Futurama where uh, Farnsworth goes to like the planet, oh, yes. and he's like the stupidest one there. Yeah, I, I can say that. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, now when we move into Killmonger too, like. He has a damn good entrance. Um, so one of my favorite things is I really love his entrance into the movie when he's walking through the um, through the museum and asking the lady, like, what's this? And what's this? And what's this? And he obviously knows it because he studied it. Um, and, you know, he corrects her a couple of times and then he just takes it after poisoning her. And, you know, she's, you know they, she tells him he can't steal. And he's like, well, what do you think your people did to, to get these? <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to take it off your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fact that he's just like, he's almost like window shopping. Because then he just picks up the the Triceratops mask. He's like, I'm going to take this one for myself. <laughs> Which, that character design is beautiful. Like, that entire look with the mask and everything. Mm-hmm. Also, a nod to his armor in Volume 4 of the Hudlin Run. He fights him and issue. I can't remember what issue, but I mean, the, when he shows up with Hudlin running, he he puts that on or something that looks like that. Yeah. Um. So just to start, I don't like his hair. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, this, like this, this like looks like this like half half fade half. <laughs> <red bottle. laughs> okay, okay, it reminds me. Have you ever seen the goth people on South Park and they're sitting around hopping around with their hair? You know, I think that might be an African style, though, too. At the same, time. I mean, it, I mean, it probably is. It's just one of those like I, I just I don't mind like everybody else's hair is great. I just do not like his hair at all. So I didn't and think it, it was. Me. I didn't think it was an African style, Ritz. I thought that was just him doing that hipster style because when yeah, he, that, because that first outfit that he's in is hipster as fuck. <laughs> he has the whole circle glasses, the harem pants. Like, yeah. come on, that. that that's a hipster style. Yeah, that's it, that. it might be African style. I don't know. Like, that's that short on the sides, long up top look. Like, I, you know, I like, a, like future or, or, or something. Yes. I, I, it seems like I've seen that before in other movies. I mean, I don't know if it is African style or if it just is the hipster style, but I do not yeah. like his hair. Yeah. <laughs> and it bugged me. <laughs> He's a little hipsterish. So that's fantastic. I just want to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> He's a he's a hipster serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, now we can go on to the more important things. Uh, oh, real, real quick, because you mentioned, because uh, Kate mentioned uh, the scene, the, the the opening scene. So yeah. I have to note my one. Uh, well, I have like two small flaws in the movie. First, first small flaw: the lady that you see at the beginning of the movie, his girlfriend, the other black girl who's working mm-hmm. at the counter. That's Nightshade. All right, Nightshade is a. I mean, she's kind of obscure, but she's. Sort of a big Luke Cage villain, kind of, and she shows up in Black Panther's comics a few times. But that's Tilda Johnson. She's a master scientist and chemist. So uh, she poisoned old girl, uh, the white chick. 
uh, the museum oh, expert. Oh, that's why she was working at the coffee the coffee stand. Yeah, they I set her up at the. Either. They set her up at the coffee stand to poison the old girl, um, which was I think it was an awesome heist scene, by the way, like a mini heist scene, but an awesome heist scene because that shows right there. She would have had to apply at the coffee shop at least a month earlier and been working there for a little bit, and yeah. you know, get on to the to the lady's schedule. She comes down and gets your coffee every morning, get you know seven fifty before she goes into work or whatever. You know what I'm saying? To 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 get her mantra down so she can poison her that day. And then she also blocked the cameras with her, uh, with her phone, you know, the phone is like a camera jamming thing. Yeah. Um, so it showed like, you know, some technological prowess there. So that was nightshade. My problem was that they didn't expand past that because they gave her a nice little intro right there. And then, you know, they, they, they pop her in the head like later. And, and it was just not, like, <laughs> not Killmonger does. Cause he didn't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah, but himself. Killmonger, Killmonger, and I'm like, it wasn't. It didn't bother me that they killed her. It bothered me that they killed her when they, when they, when they, like in the first scene, they made her out to be like she was gonna be something. Yeah. And then they killed her, and I was like, ah, oh, that was a little bit. Uh. And then it was Nightshade, and they, they never mentioned that she's Nightshade either. But she's cat, like she's credited as Nightshade. <laughs> so I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and my, oh, my, my only other, my only other strife, uh, my only other issue, as I spoke about before, was um. Why Killmonger exactly was working with Claw, um, and I came up with a couple of reasons and possibilities why, and how and how he got to Wakanda. I feel like this is a Star Wars uh, fan theory going on here. <laughs> it's like because you know, there's a couple of theories. Like okay, he, maybe he got to Wakanda because he studied his dad's notes and knew how to get there already. But then it's kind of like, well, then why was he working with Claw? So then I was like, okay, maybe he was working with Claw so he can get that first glimpse of of T'Challa. Okay, so why did he ask Claw to drop him off in Wakanda then? And then why did he kill him right after? And then how did he still show up in Wakanda if he didn't know? You know what I mean? So it's like it's a kind of a it's kind of a little bit of a smoky area of how he got from that little plane uh, parking lot <laughs> to Wakanda. <laughs> like okay, I don't but think that, that prop kit was getting anywhere. <laughs> that was my only little. That was my only little. You know, downside, which is still a little bit nitpicky. I will say this, like one of the things that I really liked about him is like they they continually showed him as somebody who grew up in Oakland, but was constantly trying to find his African roots um, to the fact that I think he has the only uh, necessary shirtless scene in the the MCU. The only one out of everybody. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was necessary because what when he takes off his shirt. I mean, one, it was, it was, it was, it was because he was good looking, but mostly it's because he's done the scarification ritual that you see on Wakabi's tribe, but what's also used in parts of Africa. And so like, that is him showing that like, yeah, you know what? I've been out here and I've been doing this stuff, but I still know where I came from. Like, I am not different from you all, because if you look at when everybody came to the ritual combat, they had their tribal gear on. And for him, that was him, like, making that statement, like, I belong here, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really powerful. And that's, and I think that's why he remains, like, he doesn't cover it up when he, um, after he becomes king, you know, he, he has that open jacket. Because that's a reminder that he's killed a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Um, so I, I, thought, I thought it was really cool. And really nice, like, attention to, like that character design could have been a whole bunch of different things and like doing it that way. Um, mm-hmm. it makes it so important to who he is. Right. I agree. Um, I think 
I think Killmonger's character is a perfect opposition to T'Challa's character because Killmonger, again, like I said earlier, wasn't exactly wrong with what he wanted to do. Now, how he did it, I didn't want to do it was all wrong. Dude, is bad. <laughs> but uh, what he wanted to do was the thing that T'Challa was struggling with the whole movie in his in his mind. You know, a little, little bit of push from Wakabe, a little bit of push from Nakia, uh, you know, maybe even Shuri a little bit. But really... Uh, when he goes back to the, the Jalia um, and talks to his father for the second time, and he says, "He says, you know, you were wrong. You were wrong for leaving him there. You were you were wrong for keeping Wakanda, you know, secret for all all this time. You know, you all of you were wrong." And he was not just talking to his father; he was talking to the prior Black Panthers too, because they were all there. He was saying, yeah. "Y'all were y'all were wrong for for hiding ourselves." So, that, like like you said earlier, that was his moment of of turn. Like, yeah. yo, like, we're gonna, we're gonna, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wake up. I'm not, I'm not about to stay here with you guys. I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna set things right. I, I, now I gotta go handle Killmonger that you made, dad, your fault. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I gotta go handle him and then set things with Wakanda right. You know what I mean? So it was, it was a, like, it was an excellent development. Like, like, Killmonger helped T'Challa's development. And, you know, that's a good villain. Yeah. <laughs> He's a martyr, right? Like he dies. Um, what what he wants to get done is going to happen. Like Wakandans are coming out. They're going to be, uh, you know, sharing their technology. At the end of the movie, they go back to Oakland. Like that's exactly where they're going to start doing what they're doing. It might not be the way he wanted, but like his death kind of spearheads. It was like, like the last push over the edge for Tatal to be like, all right, we got to go. Uh, we got to go do some work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm kind of sad he died. Like, guy, I, I, I'd love that Marvel's villains, like in these last movies, have just been spot on. But man, I would love to see them in more than just like a two-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is his final line. Yeah, his no, I, like, I, I understand that his death is necessary, like for like you know for the movie. But man, I want to see him in more stuff. Like, we need we need more Michael B. Jordan in in uh, our comic book movies, and not as the Human Torch. I mean, and to, <laughs> I mean, and to like T'Challa's character, like T'Challa is fighting him, and T'Challa kill like T'Challa doesn't necessarily kill him, right? Like he's sitting there with him. He takes him to see the sunset because, like, this is T'Challa's empathy for him, his compassion, like knowing that this is the type of leader he wants to be. Um, and Killmonger makes the decision to do it himself because he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything else. But this is also the part where I think, well, if your main goal was actually to affect change and help these black communities across the globe, why do you choose that over working with somebody who is actually showing that he's given you a branch to have that, have that moment? Like for me, I think, I, I don't like, I, I think that Killmonger was like, the cause was right, but I don't necessarily think that Killmonger bought into that cause. I think I think he was first. His revenge was first, like any villains was first. But what complicated it was that he understood that he was a product of the system and he wanted to burn that system. And that's what made it a complex situation because he wasn't necessarily wrong. Right. Right. He, he, yeah, he, he, he wanted to do things his way. He wanted to be in power. He wanted to like use his empower to do the right thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to still do it right. But yo, I'm about to take this throne first. 
You know what I mean? Like I'm 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 gonna send all these people over, you know, to the out, out to the, these war dogs out here, and they take over the world first, and I'm gonna do it my way. You know, but so he was just like, yeah, his he he was he was not, yeah, he he was a bad guy through and through, but uh, with some good intentions, but it got skewed over. Like yeah, I think like all the stuff he was going through, got he he lost his way over the years. Even when he goes to the Jalia, uh, he's he's trapped in his apartment. God, that was such good imagery. Like when you look outside the window. The the the, the 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 panther uh the past black panthers are out there but he doesn't go to them he goes to his father and his father who is also part of the line is also trapped in the building with him you know what i mean and he mentions wakanda being lost and that's maybe that's why they can't find us but it's really them that was lost you know what i mean they were doing things the wrong way and like i just thought i i just thought that that was such like just, just such good symbolism, like that apartment um, when he went to, when he went to the, the ancestral plane. Yeah. Oh, in that final line, the final line with of, of Killmonger, uh, where, where he says he says, uh, you know, he, he said he, he the, I don't want y'all to just lock me up or whatever, and, and he he says uh, bury bury me in the ocean with my ancestors ancestors because they knew that uh, death was better than living in in bondage. That was yeah. that was a powerful line. That's too. strong. I have trouble because I just don't believe everything he was saying. Because kind of like you said, he was a bad guy. And like basically all the way we got up to this point, none of his actions seemed to justify or seem anything of what he was trying to, I guess, say. Like he was all rhetoric. Yes, per se. Or so this idea of like, you know, because even when he's talking about when he's taking over the throne, or we're going to, you know, there's all these people out there and you guys have done nothing. And it was like, you basically went to MIT and excelled thing and you did nothing other than kill people and then you literally <laughs> killed your own girlfriend with no hesitation wrong, though. <laughs> you That's literally helped claw yeah. who was a <laughs> the person that they hated the most for a while before he killed him but it was yeah. just like it didn't seem like any of his actions well he's lined up with like- it's more of like a you know the ends justify like the means kind of thing like he knew like the best way to do what he wanted to do was to become king of wakanda because that's like where all the resources are at like he could he have done something better with like his like mit degree probably was it as good as like having wakanda technology at your control to basically go take over the world probably not and see and 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 see i think that's where the difference is like what you just said he wants to take over the world I don't think he necessarily wants to help people first. Like even the way he treated well, he people, people in he wants to help the, the two million people or the two billion people he was talking about. Like that's who he wants to help. Well, I don't even think he wants to help. Like I wouldn't even say that. Like I don't know. I think for him, I think it was something that he hated because of what it did to him, and I think that he just doesn't care about anybody. Like, I see him as somebody who does not care. Like, he does not have the empathy to care for that. Because guess what? Putting fucking sonic cannons in the hands of people who have never used a sonic cannon before. <laughs> like, it's not <laughs> just, you know, the people that are being the oppressors that are going to die here. Well, I mean, even besides that, the thing I look at is literally when the one time he has to show empathy, besides, you know, like helping other people, he shoots her right in the head. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, again, it goes back to the ends. I mean, he knows he has to shoot her to be able to go do what he wants to do. Like, 
I don't know. That was, the one, uh, it was just the one person you cared about, and you shot her without hesitation. There was yeah, literally well, no hesitation. Cares more. I would imagine he probably cares more about the cause than do whatever. Like, uh, Okaya would have stabbed her ex-husband. Like that's true. If, for the cause, <laughs> uh, That's true. I think, well, I guess even the people in Wakanda, yeah. he didn't seem but, to care about them either. No, so but I'm just saying, like, yeah. to say like he doesn't care takes away from like everything he does in the movie, and it makes the movie lesser. So like, either you think that he's like he's like legit and he cares about the cause, but he just wants to do it in a really messed up way, or he's like lying through his teeth, and that kind of like takes away from the movie for me. Like yeah, I mean, it takes away the movie. I just, I guess, to me, like I said, when I was watching, it, that's what I felt like I saw because just because of the actions that happened. I don't think he was lying. I think it was second. Like I think he believed in the cause. I just think it was second to what he wanted. Like mm-hmm. he wanted vengeance first, and then yeah. he wanted the cause. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I th- like, I he think believed that- in it, and it was really fucking powerful. Yeah. And you know, and that's one of the reasons why he's a great villain because he wasn't wrong. Like that is why it impacts T'Challa because he's like you are not wrong. Like we have to do something like, so I've not, I don't want to take that away from it at all. And I don't want it to seem like it isn't a just cause. Cause it was a just cause. It just wasn't just means. I just think for him, it was vengeance first and it's then, layered. and then other people. Right. I, I think he's just layered. Like, okay, he wants to do these things to help people. But at the same time, like he's like choking women and like shooting them in the head and stuff. Like, Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> okay, you, yeah, yeah, you want to help people, but are you really that good? Yeah. Of like, are you really the guy that we should put in charge of helping people? Like, come on. Yeah, and <laughs> I guess, yeah, kind of have a problem because, like I said, all the actions of like we're just killing people along the way. And it's just like, yeah. so how, who are you actually helping? At the, who have you actually helped at this point? I think that's, that's what makes him a villain. villain. He's not gonna like. Yeah. He's not gonna go shake old ladies' hands, kiss babies on the head. Well, I actually think that's one of the things that, like, now, like, I, I've, I've sat, I've sat. And, and kind of thought about it too is like one of the things that I'm starting to realize is like I can't necessarily equate him not caring about Wakanda to other people just because he does he he genuinely does not care about Wakanda he just wanted to rule it if he cared about Wakanda he like by him burning the heart-shaped herb he's ensured that a Wakanda doesn't succeed after him like he is Wakanda this is done uh, he's um, first yeah and so I guess for me, like, that's what I see kind of going outside. I mean, we obviously don't, like, we don't have any interactions of him living that life or of him interacting with those communities, of him, you know, feeling that. We don't have that. We just have the after effects, uh, which isn't a problem because I think he he's probably one of the best, like, him and Vulture are the top two villains in the Marvel Universe for me, like, hands down. They're complicated they're they they have reasons for doing what they're doing and they're not wrong mm-hmm. and that's what makes them so great and i think the like what killmonger steps up is not only is his cause reasonable but he actually impacts the hero to do something and that's what a good villain does a good villain teaches the hero from their actions mm-hmm. the show yeah also, can we talk about the fact that we finally got a Marvel movie where somebody, or we got a Marvel movie where somebody's neck was snapped on screen? Mm. <laughs> By the guy I want to help everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> well, like, so, like, I, I don't mean it negatively. Like, I mean it like we, like, we have a whole bunch of people who, you know 
really get on Marvel movies for not showing a whole bunch of stuff. And I do think Civil War kind of started showing more and more things um, because a dude gets blown up in a contained ball (laughs) in Civil War. Um, (laughs) Like that happens. Um, But here you actually get to see a really powerful moment between Okoye and that that other member of the Dora Milaje where like she's ready to die for Wakanda and she understands what's about to happen. And like, part of me is like, it's a Marvel movie. They're not going to, Oh crap. They just, he just snapped her neck. Mm. Like I didn't expect that. And, and it was really, it was really powerful because then when he started fighting Shuri, I was like, Oh my God, are they going to kill Shuri? (laughs) And I was scared. (laughs) Shuri had some great moments of, of coming to, of, of, like she, she, so she's powerful in her domain. Like you see her, like you know, when she's doing the the technology stuff, and then when she steps a little bit out of it, like she's in actual combat. Like sure, she can fight and stuff like that, but you can see like the childlike fear in her face when she when her gun stops working. Like I mean, just, I mean, even before it starts working, even yeah. when she realizes, oh snap! Like he just blew all the Dora Milaje off. It's up to me to stop this dude now, and yeah. she like goes over to fight him. Like it was just like you know. Was you, you could see it? You could see she has so much depth and range to her character. Uh, yeah. She's excellent. I mean, the the Tisha Wright is an excellent actress. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Um, so then you end up having their giant battle. We already talked about what ends with them. So um, I guess just to kind of wrap up. I mean, I think we've talked. Oh, the rhinos. There are rhinos. Well, Kabi calls in an army of armored rhinos. And they're so cute, but I acknowledge they're maybe not the best done CGI in, in existence. But they are cute. And it looks a Koya's face. With, I could have done without the rhinos. Nah, <laughs> you need the rhinos, though. Come on. Just not have, you ever seen, have you ever seen armored rhinos riding it? No. <laughs> <laughs> that has to happen. That has it to happen. It could have been done better. I mean, like... <laughs> Do you really like look at that rhino and you're like, damn, that's a good CGI rhino? I mean, honestly, well, I, okay, so I'm a little bit less. Uh, yeah, so you're talking to two people that don't care about CGI. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing, but like me and CGI, like I, like, I honestly think a lot of CGI of this day and age is really freaking good. I mean, so I, I hear a lot of people like, I so that's people say what, what they don't like about a movie. They're like, and one of the first things they say is, well, the CGI was bad. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 not that it was bad. I'm sorry. There is bad CGI. I don't like bad CGI, but they'll say there was too much CGI. And I'm like, well, if it's good, what does it matter? <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I, mean, I don't There's think we're making that. I mean, we love Thor Ragnarok. That entire thing is CGI. <laughs> uh, I, I, have no, I don't have a problem with CGI. I'm just saying, like, this is Marvel. Like, you're going to tell me that these dudes didn't have enough money to make dope looking rhinos? That's my problem because, like, we have oh, I like, think good. Of, like, <laughs> really, really good CGI in this universe. And then they give us, like, rhinos just to give us rhinos. It wasn't corn, so I'm good with the rhinos. I don't know. I, mean, I just think it could have been done better. And like, yeah. I, if you don't think it could have been done better, you, you just lying. Like, they could have done better there. I, I love the rhinos. I thought it looked good. I honestly, I, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what, like, because some of the things that people complain about CGI, or as far as like the way it looks, like, to me, something CGI that looks bad is like, you know, you remember in Justice League, the little, the little, uh, the entire movie? Like, well, I mean, but but specifically, there's these like the little little liquid looking things like near, near the end of the movies that are like sprouting up, up and around and stuff like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so those look really bad to me, right? But then, <laughs> that like, was the only thing that you saw that was bad. No, no don't, don't get me wrong. There's other things that you were there's kind of like okay, that could have been done better. But those like that was like wow, like eye burning bad. 
Um, and then there's like the rhinos, you know. I'm like, well, the rhinos look like rhinos. I mean, the rhinos look fine to me. <laughs> they look, I mean, to me, they just look like rhinos. I don't know. Considering they some look. of the stuff in Justice League and some of the stuff in The Last Jedi, I thought the rhinos were those aren't, we're not, those aren't movies we're talking about. We're talking, I mean, last Jedi CGI isn't that bad. Like, have come you on, seen you, you uh, need to relax. Those you need to relax that right AT, AT, that is like the, one of the worst scenes ever. Oh, you got you're, those. Those those look more real than the rhinos do. Like I believe those more than I believe the rhinos. But even like okay, the first, I don't agree there. But I do agree that the rhinos are kind of bad. But I well, also really love rhinos. And so they're in so the, cute. In the first trial fight, like when they're panning up like the the mountain to show all of like the people that are there, that doesn't look nearly as good. Like, I think as it should. Like you can tell, like those are just like CGI people waving. Well, the like, first like three stories of that was actual people. No, but I'm saying like the farther up it goes, like the more you're like, oh, okay, like they're just like layering this now instead of like making it look better. I don't know. I just think they could have done. I think y'all working. I think y'all working CGI art or something because I didn't even see that. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I, know, I, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> no, I I really did. Uh, and this isn't like this is obviously like this is something that's super nitpicky. Like this is kind of like finding like the imperfections in like a, a pretty damn good movie. But I I just expected just like a little bit more like. Yeah, just, just a little bit, especially after I know Thor Ragnarok and this movie aren't the same, but like the same people making it. Like you can, you can literally get those people and give me who give me like CGI Hulk and give me that, but in Rhino form. Well, so like, CGI Hulk was good, but there, there was one scene in in, in Thor Ragnarok. That there was one scene in in Thor Ragnarok that I was kind of cringing just a little bit, and it's like the slow motion scene where where Thor is fly, like on when he's on the uh, bridge. And he's flying yeah. at Hella, or is it, is it Hella? I think it was yeah. Hella. It is in slow motion, and you guys, the electricity cracking. That oh, looked hell no, you better look... not call out that scene, Ritz. That's <laughs> no, no, amazing. That looked, that looked the, no, no, the scene was cool, but like in slow motion, like that, because you're seeing the CGI in slow motion, and it looked a little cheesy. I was like, eh. and I'm a person who usually doesn't see anything wrong with CGI, and I was looking at that, and I noticed that, you know. It wasn't bad. I just noticed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my point. Like, it's not bad. Like you, you, it's just like noticeably like takes me out of the movie for like a, like half a second. I'm like, uh, well, yeah. Is that <laughs> yeah. is that the best that Disney has to offer? I don't. I don't. <laughs> Which I mean, I think overall, as I mean, I think we should come to an end here. I'm gonna say like so. Overall, I think we've all pretty talked like talked pretty damn positive about this movie. And we've obviously highlighted some of our, our, you know, each of our individual like issues with it. But I think overall. I think that it stands up pretty strong. So where do you all rate this in, I guess, not all Marvel movies, because we're at 18 now and we're going to be here all day for ranking them, but just like amongst the top five Marvel movies for you. Like, or I guess, where does this fall in your ranking? I guess, assuming it's not your top five. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll actually go first. Like after my first watch, I'm not really sure. Like, cause on the way home, like I was trying to like peg it um, just because like it's really really good but i didn't get like the same feels that i got like say after i watched like civil war um or like i didn't want to like, or like like a thor ragnarok or, or something like that just because i i felt different walking out of black panther i think it's a top 10 movie for me in terms of like the marvel universe i think it's second to iron man in terms of like solo like uh like you know kind of intro ish kind of movies in in my opinion, but it's it's in my top ten. I don't know where, but I don't think it's in my top five. But after one watch, like who knows? Maybe after this conversation, I'll go back and I'll see stuff that I like more. But um, just out of the gate, I, I'd say top ten for me. I'm expecting Adrian to go watch it a second time and put a tweet storm like this number one. No, that's <laughs> definitely not. I have no. I don't see anything beating Logan or Civil War for me unless <laughs> Infinity War is like. Well, Logan's not MCU, so I'm talking about just comic book movies in general. Yeah. Like 
And there's yeah. 21 B's. Like, I can't. I don't compare Logan to anything. I'm like, yeah. that, that's his own separate movie and his own separate thing. Because, like, fucking. Yeah. And I think it's worth having, like, the conversation. Like, not now, obviously, because we're, like, way over time. But, like, do we start separating, you know, these ensemble, like, Avengers movies, like, Guardians of the Galaxy movies um, from, like, a Black Panther or a Black Widow oh, yeah. or an Iron Man just because they're so different in movies now? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't. And that, that's that's my, that's where my problem is in the kind of ranking it. But yeah. that makes sense. Like, would it be smarter to say, "Hey, these are the ensemble films. Let's put them in one area, yeah. and then the solos in another," because they're all doing different things. Yeah, exactly. Matt. Oh, so you're gonna go Ritz. Oh, Ritz. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, ex- excellent plot. Uh, creative technology. We didn't even talk about the technology in the movie. Freaking insane. Come oh on, God, man. I know. Freaking you know where Tony's getting his Infinity War suit. Uh, like, like, come on, like, like, basically vibranium laced sand sculpture models. Like, come on, dude. Like the at the very beginning of the movie. Um, great action scenes, amazing action scenes. Great actors, great cast. Almost every actor was freaking on point. Uh, all the way from freaking Ross to Ramonda to everybody. Um, so much. I mean, we we didn't even scratch the surface of symbolism in the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, Layered, multi-layered characters, great villain, great hero. Uh, very little flaws. Like all the flaws we talk about were super nitpicky. Think about all the think about the other Marvel movies and the other things you could point out that are that are that are, that are flawed in the movies. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm very very close between this and uh, the first Avengers movie, uh, and kind of Civil War too, because obviously those are and, and Winter Soldier. Those are those are like all very very. <laughs> Those are, those are all very close, but like honestly, welcome to my problem. If, 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 I'm, <laughs> if I'm if I'm really if I'm really thinking about the different flaws I see in the different movies uh, versus character arc versus villain versus uh, creativity versus symbolism, like Black Panther is number one, like like just hands down, like barely any flaws in this movie. Yeah. So, um, alternate carbon would be my number one, but do you want to explain why you're saying that? <laughs> So I literally benched this entire thing and slept for two hours and then went to work and then came home and slept for like an hour and then went and watched Black Panther and then came home and finished the series and then slept for another like two hours. So I was kind of a little delusional by this whole thing. So everything kind of tried to blend. So it was kind of hard thing. But uh, as far as anyways, but uh, as far as Marvel movies, as far as production and everything that like Rich was saying, I thought it was very well done compared to a lot of the other movies. Like even just like, Taking away, uh, like just the way the scenery, the uh, the scenery, the uh, scenes, the like Hall of Wakanda, the way they showed, the technology they showed was probably like top notch compared to like even some of the other stuff. It's easily probably a top five movie for me, but I'm kind of getting to the point with everybody else. There's just so many that it's kind of like, what do I feel like I'm in the mood for now that I like? Yeah, Marvel's almost. really good at making these goddamn movies, and it's really hard to. It's getting really hard. Because even like Rich was talking about, even the ones that Rich was talking about, those are your like all your team up movies that he was pretty much comparing them to. Yeah, there weren't even like solo movies. <laughs> that shows how Black Panther is so good too. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was like yeah, <laughs> solo. Like the other ones, like really, like okay. So the Avengers. I think about the Avengers. The Avengers was the first. Like nobody's ever done that before. The Avengers, yeah. Yeah. the first one. Like come on, dude. Like like how, like how do you even do? And then it was so well done. But then when I'm thinking about Doug. And then, yo, Afrofuturism, dog. There has no, is name another Afrofuturistic villain, a movie like this. Like there are none. There literally are none. You don't see black women kicking that much behind in a movie ever. 
Like, I mean, I mean, so that's a little bit biased because of my blackness or whatever, but I don't care. Like, come on, dog. <laughs> no, yeah, that, and, that, and that's my point, right? It's like a feels thing. Like, I, I can never argue, like, how that movie makes you feel. Of course you're going to put that movie as number one. Like, this is like a movie that kind of, not as much as Last Jedi. I, I'm not going to say that. But, like, I'm never going to judge anyone for putting this movie as number one in their top comic book movies ever because it's really do, good and it makes people feel some kind of way. Like, it means something movie. to people. Like, it's more yeah. than just a m- yeah. movie to people. Like, I, I'm thinking, like. This movie if, matters. Exactly. Like, I, I'm just thinking, like, if if we get an America Chavez movie or we get, we get like a visibly Brown, like a Latina who can't have her Latinidad erased from people. Like, I feel that. Yeah. So well done. Like, 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 and with the same quality, because Ryan Coogler is a beast. like this. It's, 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 he's too beast. All right. That's all I got to say. He's too beast. The cultural vibes are there. And then on top of that, the movie itself, it's like if you take all the Afro, everything I just said out of it, it's still next to Winter Soldier. And all, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what I'm saying. I'm a little bit biased because of that. But like if I'm being honest and I'm looking for like like actual movie analysis flaws, there are barely any. Well, that's what I was trying to say with like the scenery, the production and everything of this movie in general. Right. Like, I just thought it was very well made and very well done. Speaking yeah. of which, by the way, the one thing that is probably the best thing that I saw, which probably nobody else does, and I'm sure it has to do with the technology, the fact that Wakanda still has grass and trees all within their high city. There's not really any pollution or anything else. Mm-hmm. If people walk, if you, I don't know if anybody saw, but if you actually know sidewalks and it's literally just grass growing, and nature yeah. actually yeah. goes within the city. That's awesome. That like I don't know why more cities haven't decided to do this, but we need concrete. Wakanda is perfect. Well, we need concrete for every damn thing, but still, it was literally the grass grows and trees grow within buildings or uh, on the side of the buildings or even on the buildings, mm-hmm. which is really yeah. nice to watch. I don't know if I cared or looked at that, but still, no, that, that's actually a really good point because it shows that they're balancing technology and nature with which nobody does. But yeah, we didn't even talk about all the drawings on all the like this high tech. It device it has, and we like... can we can do a science of Marvel. <laughs> we 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 need to do a science of Marvel episode. Oh there. my goodness, that would be like <laughs> only only if Fritz comes back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, I would totally put it probably in my top five. I really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok really a lot, but and then obviously Civil War, mm. and obviously Avengers. But besides that, really, and I still think Iron Man. I'm, we're gonna watch Iron Man. For everybody listening, we are watching and reviewing Iron Man 1 for Patreon, but we're going to watch that, and I'm going to really touch that one, because everybody seems to be sleeping on this movie on how important and how probably good this movie was. And I better hold up, damn it, I'm be pissed what I just said, but still. <laughs> oh, the first Iron Man? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was excellent. Oh, I know, but like, I literally see people going, if you have to give somebody five movies to introduce them to the MCU, what do you get? And I never saw Iron Man on one single list, and it was like the most disappointing disrespectful thing ever because like without iron man this we don't even get a black panther we don't get an avengers or anything mm. yeah especially how well that movie was done but anyways yeah <laughs> we'll see what happens but i'm hoping it holds up from what i remember i've seen the movie like eight times but yes yeah so for me it's top five for me i don't know where <laughs> um be, only because, and again, like Adrian said, like I'm not going to knock anybody for having this as their number one because I understand that it gave you feelings because I'm imagining, like, I, I, I know what I felt when I saw Diego Luna in Star Wars and stuff. Like, I, I, I understand that, so I'm never going to knock you for it. Um, but for me, like, my most intense feelings came in Civil War, and so Civil War is number one for me, like, hands down. Um, then Avengers, and then um, 
it's Black Panther or Iron Man, and I have to rewatch Iron Man to make sure that Iron Man is still is still there for me. Um, and then Winter Soldier, and that, that's my top five. But I just don't know where to put Black Panther with Iron Man, or even if Iron Man even stays this 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 high on my list. Um, so we'll see. By default, we'll- Iron Man should always stay this high on your list. Yeah, started it all. It's very difficult. There's some very good movies in the MCU. <laughs> I know. This is a good problem to have as a comic fan. We got to start like separating like the team movies. Okay, we can't count team movies. Okay, so everything yeah, is like Mike. one to three people in it. <laughs> exactly. And Civil War, like and Captain America Civil War is like a Captain America movie, but that's a goddamn team up movie. And oh it's an Avengers movie. That's Avengers 2.5. That, that doesn't count. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We need to start separating them because it's too hard yeah. to, to make these decisions. I don't like so it. I'm, making me choose. <laughs> so I'm hearing from the table, from everybody here, that this was a great movie. Oh, yeah. Aside from say, Killmonger's yeah. hair. But yes. <laughs> His hipster hair. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do the hair. It bugs me. People keep showing me pictures. I see it all the time. I'm like, oh. It's, it's okay. It's counteracted by Nakia's hair when she goes to Korea. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what beats out all of that? Okoya's tattooed head. <laughs> I was going to say Ramonda. But... Oh, okay, okay. Ramonda can take that spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shuri is amazing, too. Yeah, that's cool. Wrap it okay, up. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Good talking. Um, so, as we say on we the literally podcast... literally just talked all, about all of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, come on. We did a Okay. So, as we say on the podcast, if all three of us agree, four with Ritz here, it's a fact. It's a fact that Black Panther is an amazing movie. Go see it. Help it smash this box office even more wide open. I don't even know if it you can your beat help. the blue people. The blue people. Oh, Avatar! Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Actually, just beat all the stupid Star Wars movies. So the Star Wars I thought you were talking cry. about the DC people. We already beat the, those blue people. <laughs> it already made more money in its first weekend than Justice League did its entire run, so. Oh wow! <laughs> or it's seven day, it's seven day run. Sorry, seven day run, oh, not okay. entire run, seven day run. <laughs> and they had a holiday. Okay, so uh, Ritz, how would you like to go out? Uh, which, which oh wait, one? wait, no, wait, never mind. We got to do our yeah. Sorry, oh, my yeah. God. I'm sorry. You'll tell me wrap it up. It's throwing me off. Okay, well, quit talking. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Ritz, why don't you tell everybody where to find you, how to get in contact with you, and where to listen to your podcast, which I totally forgot to plug at the beginning. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah, you guys can find me at uh, fourthwall.net. That's ivwall.net. Uh, my podcast is Wakanda Forever, formerly known as Wakanda for Life podcast. Uh, you can also find me at doyouevencomicbook.com. Um, I run that that site. Uh, with obviously the hashtag do you even comic book people so follow the hashtag visit the site uh, and yeah why'd you change the name of your podcast uh, we'll talk about that later can't <laughs> <laughs> be just coming in here changing things not explaining I gotta update the guest information now damn it Ritz <laughs> that's fine uh, I will include all of that in the show notes make sure you show him and his podcast for uh uh Show him and his podcast some love. As always, you can find the podcast at But Why Though PC on Twitter and on Facebook, facebook.com slash But Why Though PC. Make sure you jump in on this conversation. Did you like Black Panther? Did you love it? Did we miss stuff? I know we did. Jump in on the conversation. Talk to us.
And you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter and Instagram. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Matt? You can find me on the Twitter at datm 18 D-A-T-T-M-1-8. And uh, now, Ritz, what would you like to go out with? Uh, shoot. Yeah, y'all gotta go out with like you guys have the soundtrack mu- music yeah. from <laughs> from the Black Panther. Yeah, go out with like the opening song okay. that, uh, that they started. They started with when they were flying over the field. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we didn't even like we didn't even talk about the, the music. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, God, it was amazing.